The last class of my old professor's life took place once a week in his house by a window in the study where he could watch a small hibiscus plant shed its pink leaves. The class met on Tuesdays. It began after breakfast. The subject was the meaning of life. It was taught from experience. No books were required, yet many topics were covered, including love, work, community, family, aging, forgiveness, and finally, death. The last lecture was brief, only a few words. A funeral was held in lieu of graduation. The last class of my old professor's life had only one student. I was the student. Hello, I'm Mitch Album, and I'm the host of Tuesday People, the podcast based on Tuesdays with Maury, the book I wrote with my old college professor that you just heard a little introduction to. Those are actually the first two pages of that book. And 25 years later, the lessons that I learned alongside a wise, dying old man still resonate as a guidepost to how to lead a good life and a meaningful life. And boy, at a time like this, are we searching for those type of things. We're glad to have you joining us on this Tuesday People podcast, whether it's a Tuesday or any other day. Alongside, as always, is a producer and friend, Lisa Goitsch. Lisa, good to have you with us, as always. Nice to be here, as always. How are you holding up in coronavirus land? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm, I'm all uh, cool with this staying home thing. I take yeah. walks around my block, play with my dogs in the backyard, and I work all day. I'm allowed to work from home, so that's been a good uh, thing for me. I'm enjoying it. Well, uh, with the exception of uh, going into an office, that doesn't sound a whole lot different than a regular work day. But we are going to talk today, uh, in just a minute, about isolation. It's a timely topic. It certainly is something that Maury had to deal with while he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, unable to go outside or do any of the things that he used to do, not because a virus hung in the air, but because his body had betrayed him and he could no longer lift himself to walk. He could no longer walk at all. He could no longer perform normal bodily functions that we take for granted every day. His form of isolation taught him a lot of lessons about the need to connect with people. We're going to talk about that in a minute. A couple of things I want to share with you beforehand. So, Strange times call for strange actions. And as you know, I make my living by selling books, but I am actually giving one away for free uh, these days. It's an effort that I thought was important to help my home city here in Detroit, where we are suffering disproportionately from the coronavirus. We are, the state of Michigan is generally third in the country behind New York and New Jersey, and there, we cannot figure out why, but one of the big numerical reasons why is the city of Detroit, which is as, as hot, bed a city as there is in the country with coronavirus, and maybe even in most of the world. We have hospitals here where bodies are literally being stacked up in spare rooms. It, it's horrifying, and I can't stand by and just watch that happen. And so as someone who already has a charitable organization that operates here in the city of Detroit. We put together a special task force project called Detroit Beats COVID-19. And to fund that, I went to the thing that I thought I had the most to offer, which is my writing. And so start, as of last week, I started writing a new fictional story, a new small 
I can't really call it a book because it's not a book. In fact, it's a, it's a, a long story, but it reads certainly like a book. And I put it up, the first ch- uh, chapter of it, on Friday, and I will be putting subsequent chapters for the next seven Fridays. It'll be eight, eight parts long. And it is a story that's being written in real time, so I can't tell you how it ends. I, I can barely tell you what happens next week, because I'm just working on that. Uh, it was a pretty interesting that. exercise. It's, it's interesting to try to write like that. Uh, and the story focuses on one street corner in a small town in Michigan and the four houses that are on that corner. And one belongs to a doctor and his wife. One belongs to a pastor and his wife and kids. One belongs to a Chinese, young Chinese couple with a housekeeper from Haiti and a young child. And one belongs to a cider mill and a man who owns a cider mill and his grandchildren. And how they all interact, how they go from being very neighborly and hanging around and visiting every Saturday in a tradition on the on the block to starting to distance and starting to mistrust one another and some stepping up big and some stepping down small. And a little eight-year-old boy from Haiti who seems to have some mysterious aversion to getting sick in any way, and in fact may turn out to be the key to the cure for the whole pandemic, and then he suddenly disappears. So we have a bit of a mystery, we got a little social drama, uh, we have a lot of hope. It will be a hopeful, inspirational tale, because a lot of people around the country and world started writing me saying, can you write something that's hopeful? You know, we need books that are hopeful, we need stories that are hopeful, and there's no way to get a book out into the marketplace, published and all that kind of stuff in, in the time that you need. So I said, well, you know, knock wood, I've made enough money that I'm, I'm comfortable. Let me write something for free in exchange for hopefully people making donations to help my city. And so if you go to humantouchstory.com, because the name of this story is Human Touch, something we crave for so much, humantouchstory.com. You can download already the first episode, and this Friday the second episode will be put up. And as of this Friday, Audible, uh, the great audiobook service, is going to start carrying the audio version of it, which I recorded all the voices except the little eight-year-old who was being done by my eight-year-old from Haiti who happens to be up here with us. So I say, well, here, That's play so the cool. part. And he's really cute, and he does a good job. So you'll hear his voice on there That's as well. That starts this Friday also for free. So you don't have to join Audible like you normally do. Audible's working with us. All we ask is that if you enjoy it, consider making a donation to saydetroit.org to help our city. 100% of the money we raise will go right to that. Uh, we have a medical clinic that we're uh, operating, a testing center that we're trying to open, a quarantine center for homeless people, uh, after-school programs that we can continue for well over 100 children who had them cut off and their meals, therefore, cut off as well, feeding senior citizens 2,000 a week who are homebound and can't get out during this coronavirus. Obviously, they're great risk. Uh, making masks that are special design of washable masks that can be reused over and over for our first responders and providing food every day to multiple first responders all over the place here. That's where the money goes. And so if you would make a donation, if you like what you read, we're not telling people what to give. You can give a dollar, they can give a thousand dollars, whatever so moves them. But each week, if you like what we did, it's sort of like, you know, when you're out busking in the street and you play a little song with your guitar and if people like it, they throw some coins in the <laughs> case. If not, they walk on. They still got to hear the song, but dollar. they walk on. Yeah, got to right. toss a dollar. Uh, but it's the least I can do for my city. It has been very good for me and to me. So uh, again, humantouchstory.com. If you get lost, 
MitchAlbum.com is always an easy way to find everything that's going on, including our podcast. Last week's podcast with Matt Mauser, whose wife was killed on the helicopter crash that took the life of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven others, including Matt's wife, uh, was very widely received and, and emotionally received by our audience. Uh, a few emails that we got uh, from uh, Robinette uh, wrote, this podcast was so timely, so raw, so helped to put my temporary circumstances in check. Isn't that interesting? Uh, sure, we all think we have it terrible until imagine, mm -hmm. as you heard Matt say, he's in isolation, uh, quarantine with his kids without his wife. They barely had time to, I mean, they didn't really have a ceremony. They didn't have time for it uh, to, to properly bury her and say goodbye to her. And now they're all alone. So, yeah, that puts our circumstances in check. He wrote, I felt so much from listening to this and Matt's sharing and everything he's doing to honor his wife, their marriage, their family, and their love. I'm beyond touched and blessed to have listened to this story. A woman named Susan Oakes. Today's interview had me in tears. My husband of 40 years passed away eight months ago. He was not a touchy-feely kind of man. The night before he died, he said I could hug him all I wanted. The next day when I came home from the grocery store, he was on the kitchen floor and passed. So sudden. Wow. Still does not seem possible that he's not here. Uh, Gene Howard Duffel wrote, this is a beautiful interview. I wanted to reach out and give Matt and his children the biggest hugs ever. Uh, thank you all for all the assorted notes and, and response to that. And we felt it was timely, um, given that we need some perspective on what's going on here now. And today's uh, topic approaches that s same way. Uh, today's topic is isolation. We are all feeling the effects of isolating right now. We're all in some form of self-isolation, some more stringent than others. Some of us are locked away all by ourselves, some just with a spouse, some with family, some with too much family and not enough room to, <laughs> to get out. And it can work on your brain. We are seeing massive numbers of people reporting psychological issues, needing help, reaching out to counselors, and of course, the online counseling industry has gone through the roof and people who normally might sit in an office with someone in a chair or on a couch talking to them are now filling up their days and nights and weekends in some cases talking to people over the computer via Skype, via FaceTime, via WhatsApp, whatever it is, because people need to talk. People need connection. It is so important and such an important part of life. And I wish I had something brilliant to tell you that Maury said, here's how you deal with your isolation. But Maury had to face this himself with his disease as the disease shrunk him from regular life, pulled him out of going out for dinner, pulled him out from going and taking walks, which we're even allowed to do, pulled him out from hanging around with his friends outside, pulled him into basically one room where he faced his own isolation, but he realized something there. Listen to what he said about that. Mitch, ultimately, there's no taking care of yourself unless the group and the community is taken care of. You cannot live alone. There has to be a supportive community. You know, the farmers have to bring the food, the food in the market, and you have to buy stuff, you have to eat, and you have to get stuff built, and so on, so so that it's a certain kind of take-caring on a monetary exchange basis, 
rather than on a reciprocal caring basis. That's right. That's the difference. So Maury knew that the marketplace that we really need to be a part of is caring, human kindness. And that's difficult to do now. Maury was able to invite people in, although he couldn't go out, they could come in. And he was frequently surrounded, including by myself, every Tuesday sitting alongside him, never concerning ourselves about how close we were. There wasn't a worry about contagiousness or contagion, but he still had to find the value in human kindness. And we need to do this. And I want to encourage everybody who's listening, if you're in an isolated situation— if you are by yourself or you are just with one other person, by all means, this is now the time to reach out and find other people. You need to use your computer. You need to use, you may think it's impersonal. I believe it's impersonal, but given a choice between that or nothing, there's no choice. You need to make connections with people. You need to talk to people. You need to figure out how Skype works, how FaceTime works how any of the audio programs, if you don't want people to see what you look like, work, and you can communicate with them. But you must stay in touch with people on the outside. Too much isolation can can literally cause psychological damage. And we are on weeks and months, uh, and we're probably going to be, in many cases, especially for older people, this is going to continue for a while. Because even if the country begins to open up somewhat economically, There is still the risk for older people or people with underlying health conditions of going outside and or going to any place where there's anybody else and contracting this. And given all the reports we've heard about how there's such varying degrees of the experience of this disease from people who should have a real problem with it, skating through it and saying, yeah, I had a cough or a fever, I'm fine now, to young people in their 20s and 30s who should skate through it and instead struggle desperately with it, and in some cases die from it. So the isolation may continue, and you need to reach out, you need to find people you can communicate with. And you need to find the people who understand what you're going through. When Maury was dealing with his ALS, he didn't just want to talk to anybody for the sake of hey, I I just want to have somebody on the other line. He wanted to talk to people who cared about him and who people who understood him. Here is Maury talking about that back in the summer of 1995. That's, I think, the sad thing. There are a lot of isolated people. Usually when somebody gets mortally ill, a lot of people do drop away because they're scared. They don't know what they're scared of. Sometimes they think it's contagious in some real paranoid way. The opposite has been true for me. I've got more people than I want, so I'm shedding them. The people who call once every three months, I'm not interested in. If you want a relationship, then you come. So somebody called me the other day. He's a pretty nice guy, but he hasn't shown any great interest. He came once. Forget it. I don't want to spend my time. I've got a limited amount of time. But the people on that picture over there, every single one of them is in continuing contact with me. And these are the people I live with and who make me, who are part of my community, who let me know 
how important I am to them. Even now, or especially now. Especially now. We need to find the especially now people in our lives. And, you know, Lisa, it's not a bad exercise, this coronavirus isolation, to take stock of how many people do you have in your world who are especially now people? How many people do you really have that you can call and count on to not just say, how you doing? Good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Nice to hear from you. Bye. Or one of those emails praying for your safety, which I I think some people are sending out en masse now with just, you know, hiding the blind copies, but (laughs) someone who will actually sit with you and talk and listen to you talk about how this is driving you crazy, how lonely you might feel, how depressed you might be getting. How many people are in that, especially now, circle for you, when you can say, I need my friends, I need my family, especially now? And if you don't have a lot of people, maybe time to take a life inventory of who you've been spending your time with, Lisa. Well, I find, too, that if you reach out to somebody, you may not think that other people are feeling what you're feeling. But if you reach out to a friend, especially somebody who's a close friend, and you say, hey, I'm really having a hard time with this. I need to talk. You're going to find that that person needs to talk, too. I have a girl group. uh, My girlfriends, there's uh, five of us in our group. We're meeting. We're having Zoom meetings at least twice a week. And it's not just to talk about, you know, frivolous stuff, but we're also talking about our feelings and isolation. Some of us are single uh, with nobody else in our homes. Some have children in their homes, older children, and some are like me where I have a spouse. So um, it's it's different levels of struggle, I think. Right. What are you finding is the most common denominator between all of you? I think it's because people can't go out. These are all active women, you know, they go hiking. Right now, you can't even hike in Southern California. Beaches Hmm. are closed. Hiking trails are closed. Um, So things that people like to do, they can no longer go do that are stress relievers. You know, you can walk around your neighborhood and stuff. But I think, you know, for some people, they need the beauty and they need things and well not everybody not lives those... in that great a neighborhood <laughs> right exactly yeah. and they they're not getting those stress relievers that they normally have during the week and right. and for those who are alone and single and don't have any children at home it's them at home alone and i sometimes take for granted my husband's presence even though sometimes he makes me insane um, <laughs> but knowing that there's another human here i think is good you know, we can separate within the house a little bit. We don't have a very big house, but it's just good to know that there's somebody else to see and talk to. Right. Well, that's why I'm saying this is a good time to take stock of your inventory of the especially now people in your life. And if you don't have enough of them, when this ends, and it will end, it will end. That's the good news. It will end. And as blessed as Maury was to have a long conga line of people who wanted to be around him, he did not share in the blessing that you and I and most of us are going to share in, in that this thing that we're afflicted with right now will go away. ALS didn't go away for Maury. His his conga line of people was a farewell line. 
But we have the opportunity to learn from what's going on here now when this does go away, that if we don't have a lot of especially now people in our lives, if you found that you're finding that a lot of people you're calling are like, yeah, I'm just too wrapped up. I just don't feel like talking now or, 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 or you just don't get from them what you need. When this is over, find some new people. Bring some new people into your life who really matter. And in order to do that, you're going to have to become an especially now person for them as well. You're going to have to be the patient person also who listens to their problems and their depressions and their discussions. But that's the trade-off. That's what friendship is. And so when times like this come, you can rely on one another. And whether it's a family member who you've lost touch with or, or friends that you just haven't bothered to keep up with, ask yourself how many people from work... This is what I find interesting. How many people from work are you really talking to now? The people who constitute so much of your conversations during the day when you're at work, at the office, you're, you're shooting the crap, you're uh, you know, talking office politics, you're going over the issues that you're dealing with in whatever job you happen to be dealing with, and that at the end of the day, you're tired of talking, you've talked so much. How many of those people are in your life right now? Mm-hmm. and are helping you through this. A lot of them, I'd be surprised. I mean, you may work in a really cool place where your best friends are also the people you work with and good, but for most people, I think they would say, you know what, Mitch? I haven't talked to anybody from work since we were furloughed. I haven't talked to anybody from work since they said, we're going to take the month off. I haven't spoken to anybody at all. Not even to just check up and see how we're doing. So if you're filling your days with those people and their conversation, and now you find in your time of need they're nowhere to be found, then this is a good time for us to learn a good lesson about whom we are investing our hours with and who we are trying to build the especially now relationships with. It may not be the people that you think you're spending that much time. At least I'm seeing your face and you're kind of like, your eyes are like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> well, it is true. I mean, it's funny that we spend so much time at work every day. You know, I mean, I'm at work uh, nine hours a day and uh, at an office with a bunch of people. And you're right. I mean, I can have personal conversations with people sometimes at work. You find your pals, you know. But frankly, I think there's only really been one person from work that I've reached out to on a personal level to check on them and they in return checking on me. But other than that, aside from a quick email saying, hey, how you doing? Not much. But we do have, our department has a um, work meeting once a week on Zoom. And then every other week, we're having an all company meeting where our faces are not required, but encouraged so we can see each other. Um, Right. But that's that's for the workplace. But in terms of what's, what's, coming from your heart, who you really want to reach out to and really want to talk to, who are the people who are going to give you comfort, make you laugh, uh, make you feel better when you hang up the phone. Um, I'm finding that it's a very small group of people, and most of them are my family and some very, very longtime friends. And that's about it. And when the world shrinks down like it is now and you find yourself isolated— that, those especially now people, I need you especially now, they're going to make a huge, huge difference for you. And they're the people that you need to reach out to. You know, re- Research shows isolation can lead to higher rates of anxiety and depression. Uh, we've even heard about 
the longer that this goes on, that suicide rates and suicide preventions start to skyrocket. And it only goes to show you that we need human contact. We need that human mm-hmm. touch. It's a reason I called that book, the new project that I'm doing, Human Touch. It's a thing that, that we crave so much. We do uh, now, with the exception of my, uh, you know, my wife and I who sleep in the same bed. But even, you know, we have my nephew, a friend, and little Knox with us. And Knox we make the exception for because he's a little boy and, Little boys need to be held and, and hugged and put to bed at night. And, uh, you know, I'm just not going to not do that unless for God, God forbid, I'm, you know, start to feel sick or something. But everybody else, it's an air hug. You know, if someone, well, right. we're now we're now under lockdown where you're not even allowed to come visit other people. But before that happened, uh, my nephews, some friends, they come maybe take a walk in the neighborhood with us. So pull up and all right, we all start walking 20 feet apart from one another. And it's all these air hugs, air hug, air hug, right. air kiss, air <laughs> kiss, you know, like that. And you miss that um, human contact. You miss that, that just yeah. the feel of holding somebody. And that is something that will, um, you know, there was tests on those babies you remember those famous tests where they had babies yeah, that yeah. were held and babies were not held? And and the problems that the ones that were not held grew up with, even though they got the other attention, the food and all the rest of it, it's just they weren't physically touched. So we clearly need physical contact. We definitely do. And you know what? Um, I'm an animal rescuer. And um, one of the things that's happening now at shelters and rescues is they are low on dogs and cats to foster and dogs at shelters are emptying out, fortunately, because so many people are bringing animals into their lives. And I think for that very reason, they need something to hold and to touch. I really believe that. Oh, uh, no question. Yeah. I'm surprised there's any left. I would have thought they would go as fast as toilet paper. Yeah, people people <laughs> will be getting turtles pretty soon. It's just a, have something <laughs> to hold on to. I have three at home, and I'm already looking every day. I'm like, oh, can we get another one? Can we bring a fourth yeah. one in here? Yeah. Not quite enough animals to hug. Well, uh, unfortunately, the animals, for the most part, can't get this and can't spread it. So that's good. But be aware, folks, of the effects of isolation as this goes on. And if you start to find yourself depressed or you start to find yourself... Uh, feeling, you know, really PTSD syndrome, uh, which is really th- those symptoms are, are, or should not be uh, surprised to suffer them because this is a traumatic event that has happened. Uh, you take not only the social isolation, but in many cases, people are isolated and they've lost their jobs and they're worried about losing their homes and they can't see one another. I can't tell you how many people in this short period of time just in in a month, five weeks, have lost relatives, some to coronavirus and some just to other causes, and can't bury them. Can't bury them. Can't have a funeral. Can't can't gather with people. Can't sit shiva. Can't do any of the things that, that, that take human comfort. Everybody's writing them emails of comfort, which are not the same thing. So don't be surprised to have those feelings, and it is all right to talk about them. We're going to talk about this in, in future weeks as well. It's all right to express them. It's all right to have them. It's part of this process. But use this time wisely and reach out and, and find those, especially now, people. And if you don't have them, remember this for when time comes, when the curtain lifts, 
And remember, we're going to need to go out and find those especially now people and build a community with them. Here's the last uh, cut we'll hear from Maury today, uh, how he was able to have the personalization in the friends and the people he had around him, even when he was dying from ALS. You have to form a subgroup in your own little niche of friendships or colleagueships or what have you, you make sure that you unite the other people. You remember that they're fellow human beings who share a common humanity with you. So form your group, form your little subgroup, find the people of like-mindedness, get on the Zoom conferences with groups of people who you like, join some of the groups that are being formed. There are a lot of new groups that are being formed in light of COVID-19 for people to talk about, including I read about an interesting one about people who have recovered from COVID-19 who are sort of have survivor's guilt. And, you know, that's a whole new category that, that people, so they're out there. Use social media, use your computer, use technology. Don't, this is not a time to run away from it. This is not a time to just sit in the couch with your cat. It, it will have its effects over time if you don't, communicate with other human beings and use this time to assess your collection of people in your life and know that when the sun comes out, as it will, uh, we'll be wiser about who we're spending our time with. If you've already got a great group of especially now people, great. When the sun comes up, you'll continue to spend more and more time with them and you'll know, you'll be buoyed by the knowledge of knowing that it's a good thing and this is the right thing. And if you don't have a lot of people like that, go out and find them. And that'll be something to look forward to doing when we all get through this, whenever that is. So we wish you safety and security as we channel through this coming week. We hope that the numbers and the data continue to improve and that we can begin to start to think about something on the other end of this mountain. Meanwhile, do not isolate. Remember, find ways to be human, make human contact, have that long-distance human touch, and, and let it touch your heart. That's the most important organ, your heart and your mind right now, to keep healthy as we go through this together. And we'll be here for you every Tuesday. So until we see you next Tuesday, please keep those uh, emails and texts and everything coming. We always enjoy hearing from you. Tell your friends that they can get this podcast uh, for free wherever you get popular podcasts. And on behalf of Lisa Goich, until we see you again, this is Mitch Album wishing you a good week and see you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.